This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Genevieve Sims. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that highlights and promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing strategy. I'm your host, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Krukus Virtual Staffing, a company that specializes in hiring virtual assistants from outside the United States to empower local and, well, small businesses from all over the country. Amazing. And I am your co-host, Genevieve Sims, owner of the Evolve Firm, where we specialize in visual communications through graphic, web development, and social media services. We have a great show lined up today, right, Mark? Yes, ma'am. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with J.R. Trevino, the interim president and CEO of the San Antonio Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. J.R., good to see you. Good morning. Mark, Genevieve, thanks for being here. Oh, you bet. We're also going to talk with Mark Vargas, a master plumber and the owner of Silverback Plumbing and Drain here in San Antonio. Mark, good to see you. Good morning, everybody. How are y'all? Thank you for having me. And a quick plug for Mark. He's actually done work at my house, and my <laughs> wife was like super <laughs> impressed. So it's always good. Quick reminder, you can find video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. We'd also like to invite you to join our entrepreneur podcast community on Patreon. This is all about exclusive content and lots of it, and then access to the podcast community of entrepreneurs and business owners and the ability to chat with folks like myself, right, Uh, and co-hosts and other (laughs) guests of the show who have been on that are part of the community. It's a great way to connect with them, learn a little bit bit more about them, and then, of course, do some business. Uh, You also get early notice of guests that are coming on the show. So we actually take uh, a screenshot of our our pre-podcast Zoom. That's a mouthful. Uh, that we do every week so that our folks on Patreon know who's coming up and then they can be like, hey, I want you to ask Mark Vargas about about this or about that. Yeah, bring on the questions. Heck yeah. I love it. <laughs> I like that. And then, of course, we can give shout-outs to our uh, Patreon community and, the, and give them credit for the uh, questions that they want to have access or that they want to ask. And then uh, early access to special events. So our Let's Talk Business podcast mixer sold out really quickly, 100 tickets gone, just like that. And uh, we're thinking about launching another round of tickets because we've got room. I think it would be a good idea, but it's sold out fast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That just shows you how big this thing is going to get. And this is our first one. It's our first one. (laughs) And it's really about, you know, yeah, we get together here on the podcast, but then getting together outside of that and reconnecting and building relationships and doing business together. I just love that kind of stuff. It's one of the main reasons that I do this. So uh, if you're part of the Patreon community, you'll get early access to those type of events. We do one every quarter, um, so you want to get your tickets before they sell out. So if you'd like to be a part of the Let's Talk Business podcast community, head on over to our website at satalkradio.com and click on the link to get started. All right, quick member recognition for our Patreon community. Martha Shonaway, of course, she's uh, with Tangent T. She's been on the show a couple of times. Jake and Harper from Rare Form Agency does like CRM management. I've actually got an appointment with him because I'm just having a mess of a time with my CRM texting and phones and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and that guy's a wizard <laughs> at it. Keaton Freeberg with Texas Suits, he's uh, he's an attorney, a business attorney. Imad Gurgis with Simply Bookkeeping, outstanding accountant. And Matt Nelson, he's the one who designed this podcast studio. So quick shout out for those guys for being part of the Patreon community. Of course, our co-hosts, every all of them are now in the community. So that's a great place, again, to connect with those folks as well. Okay, so um, of course, we've got J.R. Trevino. He's the president and CEO interim for the San Antonio Hispanic uh, Chamber of Commerce. And I thought it would be a good idea to talk a little bit about how uh, businesses really can leverage the chamber in ways that maybe we don't know about. Um, like for example, Mark, 
Are, are you part of any chambers here in San Antonio yet? No, not at the moment. Uh, sounds, we, it's like something we we've been thinking about. Yeah, yeah. I think we can. <laughs> that begs the question. So, and, and this is like, you know, as entrepreneurs and business owners, it's like we have a lot of things, a lot of choices, and a lot of places we could spend our time, right? So we want to be, we want to know about it, and then we want right. to decide, hey, is this a good place for me to invest money and invest time into something? So um, chambers are typically places where people will want to start out and connect with the community. So I'm curious, um, you're not a part of any chamber yet, but you are. You guys do participate in like a BNI chapter, right? Yes, we participate in BNI chapters and uh, Blue Collar. Okay, Blue Collar Connect. Mm-hmm. Okay, and those are producing lead or you know like connections and referrals. Mm, absolutely, and like yeah, they're they're both doing great for us, and, and you know we, I, I couldn't ask for more. The the outcome of being able uh, being a part of those chapters is just phenomenal for me. So when it comes to chambers, so how do you, what do you know about chambers and what value they offer to small businesses? Or do you, are you not really familiar with what they offer? I am not really familiar with uh, how chambers work, um, but it is something that my wife and I have been thinking about uh, in the past, you know, few weeks or so. I mean, this recently has just come up and that's something we've talked about is like, we really need to look into that and see how this, how this works. And so that we can get familiar with it and make a decision. And Genevieve, when when we are looking for places to plug in as small business owners, something like a BNI or a referral group type situation, they kind of hold your hand through things, right? You get a yes. lot of instruction. You know exactly Very what to expect exclusive. and how you're going to get your return on investment. Yes. When it comes to a chamber, uh, what are your thoughts there on the difference, I guess, for a small business owner on how maybe easier it is to get into a referral group versus a chamber and understanding what what can I do there? Right. For business owners, especially small business owners, it's important to have both because the the BNIs, those are exclusive. Those are more intimate. And then you need the chamber because you need the support of a bigger community, right? We need the eyes and ears of every different industry so that it can help us grow. And then also to be able to be part of what our community is doing in our city, um, to have uh, and to pinpoint, you know, which chamber is right for you, like the Hispanic chamber, are they, is that where your target audience is going to be? And really, you'll see a lot of value when you start going to their events, especially ribbon cutting ceremonies, when they do their galas and they're, they're plugged in with different nonprofits. These are things of value for a small business owner. Yeah, and JR, so when it comes to conveying the value of a chamber to a small business owner like that, um, there can be a bit of a disconnect because they're like, okay, I can be a part of it, but I don't know what am I going to get out of it kind of a situation. How do you bridge that gap uh, of education for small business owners? And you want to be a little closer to your mic there. So, I mean, I think for starters, I'm going to just bring Genevieve with me everywhere. <laughs> great <laughs> spokesperson. Yeah. I will be your moderator for everything. No, I'll give you great. the grand entrance. No, I love it. Um, you know, the reality, Mark, is that the chamber is a lot of different things and Everybody needs a chamber for something different. And so uh, I really see us just as a advocate for small business. You know, a lot of what we do is maintaining relations with our local elected officials. And it's the policies that happen downtown that can affect the way that we do business. And so I I really see us as a resource. And we're advocating for you, Mark, because you're over there doing your thing with plumbing, right? Right. This is an opportunity for us to be downtown, making sure that they're not putting policy that's making it harder for you to do your job letting you uh, focus a little bit more of time in your business and let us focus on everything that's affecting your business outside. So that's a, 
that's like a you know a industry um, you know advocacy, right? But what about a direct ROI when it comes to making connections that re- that result in actual business for a small business owner like that? How does the Hispanic Chamber actually deliver there? Yeah, so there's there's a couple of different ways, Mark. Uh, you know, the first one is we do networking events, uh, all different types, and so whether it's something for a breakfast, lunch, or dinner, you know, we have our happy hours, we have things going on. Uh, like Genevieve pointed out, we also have our gala. We had almost 1,300 people. It's one at, of the biggest galas yeah. in the city. Oh, wow. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was amazing. And so it's it's a long night. So you're hanging out before, you're hanging out during, and then you're hanging out afterwards. And then the other thing that um, I think is kind of a little bit of a secret, and maybe it's a secret because people don't realize how to use it, but it's our leadership programs. You know, So you can go into this program and learn, but it's also – as a way to connect and you're connecting more than just exchanging a business card, you're exchanging, you know, information and really creating a friendship. Um, you know, it's once we leave school, it's really hard for us to make these long-term relationships and you might make one or two a year, but you go into this leadership program and you're going to instantly connect with 40, 50 people, uh, for the next nine months, work together, do a project. And so you've built allies Poor personal and poor professional. Excellent. So, uh, Mark, what did you learn from this little discussion here that we had this morning about what a chamber can offer a small business owner? I learned that I better jump on on that real quick. <laughs> he needs to get on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean uh, the the part that uh, I really liked the most of, out of uh, what was just said was that uh, we make friendships. Uh, that's that's what I based my whole business on. Is I, I'm not trying to you're not just another call to me. You're not just another, you know, a drippy faucet or a clogged toilet. You know, you're you're a client that I want to build relationship with and get to know on a personal level, not just on a business level. And that's he he hit that he hit that nail on the head. You know, and that's what I want to do. I want to create re- relationships and get to know people that where we can help each other uh, uh, succeed and grow. So that that really that really hit me right there, and I I like that a lot. Absolutely, so, yeah. and it's a good platform mm-hmm. too, and it'll open up a lot more doors of opportunities, especially that leadership program. That one right there, I think for every business owner, we're always looking for new resources and new opportunities to make sure to step up our game. Yeah, and especially in our city, our city is so unique. And it's so special to business owners like myself and for everybody here at this table because there's a lot of things here. Like I'm from Hawaii. There's a lot of things here that they would not present in Hawaii for business owners. And so when you see that and you're able to leverage it and then you have groups and chambers that say, hey, we know the value of a business owner here in our city. So we're going to open up these opportunities for you, not just at the ribbon cuttings or the networking or the gala, but one step further. We're going to educate you. And I think that's absolutely incredible. Yeah, awesome. And the other secret is that a lot of these ribbon cuttings, you go in there and you go as a representative of the chamber, but inevitably be like, oh, Mark, what do you do? And you're like, well, as a matter of fact, I do plumbing. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know that. And so you're able to make these connections passively instead of, you know, being very like doing hard Mm -hmm. um, cold calls. Cold calls. Yeah, thank you. Doing cold calls. It makes it a little bit softer approach. Yeah. Because you're there and you're present. You know, they say that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So when you step into a community, yeah, yeah, that's doing amazing things like the Hispanic Chamber. That opens up a different conversation. Yeah, and I think that um, it's okay 
to ask, you know, when you're going into a chamber situation, well, what's my ROI going to be here, right? I mean, because you're going to be investing time and money. And at some point, your time becomes more important than money. Um, so where are you going to put that time? So I know I was at a uh, your, the what is that called? Speed? Uh, Speed networking. Speed networking. Speed networking Those are fun. Event. I didn't really know what to expect, but it was run <laughs> extremely well there. And, you know, you come away with, you start some relationships, you come away with some contacts, you know, podcast guests, stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, let's have a conversation and so forth. But I love that. Um, but I think it's okay to ask those questions too. What am I going to get at? And then be okay with like being plugged in and, and looking for that ROI. And I think asking the question is really important because the chamber is like a gym membership. Just mm-hmm. because you pay doesn't mean you're going to get anything out of it. I think you need to go in and have the conversation like, how can I realize value? Because you can make more money, but you can't make more time. Yeah, you exactly. have to be intentional. So um, speaking of uh, the San Antonio Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, uh, uh, so Jared Trevino, um, you know, welcome. I'm, I'm glad you're here. We're going to get into your segment here a little bit. But let me give a, a little bit about your background. Um, so and the background of the chamber really is they've been they're the first and the oldest chamber in the U.S. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That, that sounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. When did they start? 1929. OK. And what was do you know why they started it or what was the. Yeah, so I think it was a group of it was a group of five business owners that felt a little bit disconnected, and so they decided to go make their own chamber. And it started off as a Mexican American Chamber of Commerce, and then around the '80s, they said, "Well, there's other um, Hispanic people that have been disenfranchised, and we should kind of include them as well and not be exclusive." So it went from Mexican American to the Hispanic Chamber to just really encompass everybody. Okay, and was so when it's the first and oldest, is that the oldest Hispanic Chamber of Commerce? Not just Chamber of Commerce, right? Oh, no, yeah, just the oldest Hispanic. Oh, Hispanic, got it. Well, I guess that makes sense here in San Antonio, right? Yeah. And we're very relationship here. Um, so you guys focus on advocating for small business. So you got a lot of programs, a leadership one, which I'm hearing about. And of course, you know, you do networking events uh, quite often. Give me an idea of what kind of events you're running throughout the month. Oh, I mean, there's a ton, Mark. Uh, So, you know, we have our monthly happy hour at Alamo Beer. They're great partners, uh, Eugene over there. Um, Then we do the networking breakfast um, and then just all the ribbon cuttings, which are a great way. I I think some people, sometimes people don't realize the value there to go and just have a casual conversation. Because I think when you see somebody, you know, they're working like you're waiting for the pitch, right? So if it's something a little bit more casual, then it's not necessarily leading with the pitch, but just leading with the conversation, yeah. being their friend first, and then they realize what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be good to, um, you know, f- I could see my, someone like myself making con- connections with new businesses and saying, hey, let's talk about what you're doing here, because all new businesses are interested in promoting themselves as much as they can. So podcasts would be a good way to do that for me to make new connections there. So, all right, cool. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your background, uh, GR. How, what led you to uh, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce? I don't know if we have enough time for the whole <laughs> story. Let's keep it 90 seconds. 90 seconds, okay. Yeah. Um, so I graduated from college, came back, and I was like, oh, I got my business degree. I was working like family business, and what better place to connect with business people than the Chamber of Commerce? So plugged in, and uh, I was hooked instantly. I did a couple of leadership programs, went on to serve on the steering committee for the leadership programs, served on committees, joined the board, uh, board secretary, chair elect. And then this year in January, I started as a chair for the organization. Around July, our CEO stepped down and uh, 
per the bylaws, the, the chair is the one that would step in. And I'm thinking to myself, this is my year. Like I just, I want to go all in and make sure that my year isn't the year that the chamber falters. And so uh, jumped in and I've been interim for about three months now. And so they're going through the, the process to find a, a full-time replacement, but I'm just uh, running with it. I've taken a little bit of a leave from my construction company with my family and uh, just been all in on the chamber just because it's so important. And the chamber has made me who I am. Um, so it's an opportunity for me to give back. Wow, cool. that is incredible. Do you think right now, um, well, do, how do they actually choose the president? So um, they put a hiring committee together. Uh -huh. uh, they'll post the job, and then uh, you get some board members. They get community input, and they're just looking for the, the next person that's going to take it to the next level. I mean, it's such an important organization that's so connected here at the city and Austin, and we also take an annual trip to D.C. to advocate as well. Oh, I did not know that uh -huh. one. That is incredible. There's a lot of things that you know, that happened behind the scenes with the boards, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm learning a lot about that. <laughs> so you guys have something called the Texas Small Business Credit Initiative. What is that? So that's uh, through the state. You know, they launched that earlier this year, and uh, one of our uh, team members at the chamber, Martin, said, hey, I found this Texas Small, Texas Small Business Credit Initiative, but the, the money's not going anywhere. Like It's just kind of sitting there. So we actually took a trip up to Austin to sit down uh, with the department that's administrating this, and we said, hey, what's going on? They said, oh, we're so glad you came. It was serendipitous. They were just getting ready to release it. And this is uh, basically an initiative that they're doing with banks as another way to underwrite uh, credit for small businesses. And so it's the, the businesses that are uh, going to have a harder time qualifying. So... It's kind of an example of us being out there advocating, staying yeah. plugged in. And none of this is really secret knowledge, but we're all so busy with running our business that that helps to have the Hispanic Chamber or any chamber, really, if they're doing the job, uh, plugged in and getting the information directly to you. Okay, so cool. what kind of business would qualify for it? So I'm not sure as far as that, but this is a, a bank product. Okay. So this is something that they'll go to a bank and they say, oh, you know what, Jr. You might not qualify, but through this program, we can extend credit to you because the state is basically um, backing you or guaranteeing your loan. Right. And does that increase the interest rate? It, there are some qualifying fees. It just came out. So it's um, something that I can get you more information on. Okay, cool. So if somebody wants to know more about it, they can get a hold of the, of the Hispanic Chamber and learn more about it. All right, Absolutely. Cool. All right. So... Um, but so our businesses in our area here in San Antonio having a difficult time getting access to capital right now? Yeah. You know, one of the things that we found, uh, are you all familiar with the employee retention tax credit? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So a lot of people filed this tax credit for keeping employees working during COVID. And so we submit this, uh, the credit through the IRS, but we haven't received the money back. And so we're like, that's an issue, right? This is my money. The, the government's saying that we're going to get it back, but we haven't got it back. So like, Let's turn uh, lemons into margaritas. So we reached mm. out, found out what was going on, um, talked to Senator Cornyn's office and said, hey, this is an issue that's affecting small business. We need to get the money back in the hands so it goes back into the economy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, money is critical to maintaining your business, whether it's working capital or trying to expand. So is that moving forward then? 
it is moving forward. We're working with uh, Senator Cornyn's office to really kind of be a guinea pig and see what the issue is. Um, it's a DC issue, so it's obviously a lot more complicated than uh, I know, but our point is to constantly kind of be nudging them and letting them know, hey, this money's still pending. We still need help. We still need access to it. Yeah, being very yeah. proactive in the process, that's yeah. very important. And the reality is we have the connections to do that, right? The Chamber's been around for 94 years, so I think people uh, here in San Antonio and Austin and D.C. have a level of respect because they know what we're advocating for. Yeah, and you have that influence, too, to be able to really make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to uh, if somebody's going to join the Chamber, mindset's always important, right? This is like my mindset question for you. It's like, what kind of mindset should they come when they join a chamber of commerce? So I think, you know, and I say this across the board for our leadership programs, you got to drink the Kool-Aid and just go all in. And I think that's when you can really achieve the full value because you know what you're looking for. Like I said, so many people will join and be like, well, I paid the membership and I didn't get anything out of it. Well, did you do anything with it? Yeah. No, I've been busy. Well, the way that we structure our events, there's always a time that you can join. Like I said, breakfast, mm -hmm. lunch, dinner. And the reality is we're small enough that you come to me and say, hey, JR, I really need something like this. I say, okay, well, well, we can put something together. And if it works, then maybe we're missing a, a demographic, right? Um, but that's where we shine. We're just small enough that we can adapt. So let me put something out under the table. So we're talking about ideas. Right? Everybody's got an idea, right? Yeah. So a uh, hammer looks at everything like a nail, right? Mm. Well, podcasting is something that I do, right? So if, if I was involved in a chamber, right, I mean, any kind of leadership position, and I'm trying to get people to come in. I think a podcast, especially a video podcast, is a great way to come in and be proactive in having conversations with members and then that ending up out in social media. So they feel like, you know, even if they're more passive because they're busy, they'll make time to come in for something that ends up being part of, you know, the YouTube channel or the whatever else. So just an idea, right? No, yeah. I, and that's a great idea. And you're ahead of the ball because we actually have a podcast that we had been doing uh, through the transition. It kind of went on the back burner a little bit, uh, but it is something that we're definitely interested in getting back going and, and telling the stories of small businesses here in San Antonio because there's so many that are doing amazing things. Yeah, and people would love to be a part of that. My recommendation is make sure you get it on video because that's where it's at. Regular audio podcast is okay, but if you want to level it up from about a two to more of an eight or a nine, then you want to do with video. Absolutely. It's a little bit of extra work, but it's worth it. And then, of course, everything has to be cut up and put on social media. But that would be a great benefit to be able to be a part of something like that that ends up in a library of connections Absolutely. like we're doing on Patreon. So, cool. All right, cool. Well, JR, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Um, any number of ways. You can go to uh, our website, sahcc.org, San Antonio Hispanic Chamber of Commerce.org. And uh, reach out through there, and we can find a way to plug you in. All right, awesome. Thanks, Jared. It was great learning about your uh, about his San Antonio Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Uh, you know, I need to. I haven't joined a chamber yet, right? Now. <laughs> I'm looking around. I'm shopping. We're, yeah. We are the small business chamber. Yeah, that's what I hear. I hear you guys are a place to go. Of course, Greater San Antonio Chamber will try to push yeah. back on that. But at any rate, I, I think they're, they're listening all listening to this, I by the way. Well, I'll just letting you, you know. know. <laughs> so we really collaborate with them, um, but we, we have our lane. They have theirs, and so we're all both interested in making San Antonio a better place to do business. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. 
All right, next up on the show is Mark Vargas, a master plumber and the owner of Silverback Plumbing and Drain here in San Antonio. Uh, Mark, you guys have done work at my house. You guys did a fantastic job. Great. Uh, I asked my wife, did you leave him a review? She said, no, not yet. I said, well, you need to get on it because those <laughs> reviews matter, right? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your background, how you ended up in the plumbing business. Uh, that uh, I kind of, well, I st- my first career was in law enforcement. I was a Bear County deputy for five and a half years. Uh, and then um, shortly after that, I was a personal protection at Sunset Station. I was bodyguard for the headliners and stuff there. That's all I knew how to do. Uh, I didn't know anything about tools or anything like that. You know, I went straight from college into law enforcement, and that's where I kind of got stuck you know, myself. But then, uh, by the grace of God, uh, I was actually introduced into plumbing by a family member that one day just came up to me and said, hey, you ready to start a real job? I was okay, at a point yeah. in my, I was at a point <laughs> in my life where I just didn't care, you know, kind of thing. Um, I wasn't married yet or anything. I was by myself, and I was like, "Yeah, whatever," you know. So he says, "All right, well, I'm gonna pick you up at six o'clock tomorrow. We're gonna go, and you're gonna apply where I'm working at, and you're gonna start there." Well, lo and behold, I got hired that same day, and I've been doing it for 17 years now. So it, it's it's a job that I just absolutely love. I mean. I've loved I loved law enforcement. Don't, don't get me wrong, but this is a job where I meet so many different people on a daily basis. And every time that I go to somebody's house or business, it, it's something different every time. And it's mentally challenging for me. Uh, so that's that's how I got into into plumbing. Cool. So. Um but being a plumber is one thing. Being a business owner is something else. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Why did you choose to become a business owner? Um, the reason I became a business owner uh, is there are several reasons. But the main reason was that um, throughout the years, as I was a technician for other companies, one of the things that I saw was that the service side of the industry was being diluted. I mean, bad. Um Companies were teaching their technicians, you know, just to go into a client's house and get as much as you can. That was it. And case in point, I mean, I won't mention any names, of course, but case in point there, I remember, I'll never forget with this one tech meeting that I had where the manager came in and he says, here's a fun fact for you guys. The average household has $800 in their checking account. You better get it all. Wow. Yeah. That was the point right there where I Mm -hmm. said, no more. I'm done. I don't do that. Uh, So, and it it wasn't just big box companies either. It was small mom and pop shops. I've tried them all and it just wasn't, it wasn't working. So, and I got frustrated and finally decided I got to do this. I got to do something on my own so that I can feel better, you know, at, at the services that I'm providing. And, and whatnot, and not having to feel the extra pressure from the company trying to make me get more money or squeeze more money out of somebody. It's, it, it just wasn't right. So I made the decision to start my own company, and that's, 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 where, I, that's where I'm at. And by me being the owner of my own company, I'm able to, to train my guys on how it is I do it. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, I'm not, you're not just another client with a drippy faucet. You're now a friend and a relationship that I want to keep with you for a long time. So, and I teach my technicians how to do that. So it's just simple. It's nothing hard. I love that. Just changing that 
idea of just being a service, but actually having that loyalty there as well to mm -hmm. your client. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes a huge difference. Big. Yeah, we. I mean, it's it. I got I got clients that have been following me for years. Every job I've ever, every company I've ever worked at, they they would hunt me down and where are you at? And I was like, I'm over here. Well, I need some help. You know, it's like, okay, no problem. I can help you. You know, so it's it's really awesome to know that I have a list of clientele that I have built up over the years and that they're following me simply because, hey, they know that I'm going to service their properties properly. So let's talk about challenges you faced in your business because uh, as a small business owner myself, it's like day in and day out there's challenges coming our way. But what's a challenge? Did it go down again? Okay. it's good? Yes. Uh, what's a challenge that you've faced recently that is like, um, you know, a pretty big one that maybe somebody getting into the plumbing business doesn't even know about? Um, geez. I... I mean, I, the, the whole startup of it was was the challenge itself, of course. I mean, but I think that's every that's every business owner when they when they first come out with the ideas of yeah, I'm gonna do this. Uh, the beginning of it was the complete and absolute uh, biggest challenge. Um, so you know, getting our IENs and tax all the tax stuff and you know registering and with all the municipalities around San Antonio so that I can go and do work there. Um, that has to be the biggest one. But as, as, as time has gone on, I mean, we're already completing our second year of business. Uh, as time has gone on, it, things have just kind of gotten a whole lot smoother and smoother. And, you know, it's, I didn't do it all myself. Of course, I, I got my wife and my daughter that are, are backing me on this and stuff. And man, they, they know how, how to keep things in order. You know, they, they follow direction for the uh for the most part and they i know how to how to make it work and what needs to be put in place and i just relay it to them and they say all right cool this is the way dad wants it let's do it you know and so i wouldn't be here right now if it weren't for them honestly Aww. oh yeah everyone has got it so, shout out to your team yep. and yeah. family yeah <laughs> so uh I, if it weren't for them i i totally be running around like a chicken with my head cut off for sure uh, yeah, so trying to figure it all thing. out but well, what about uh, client acquisition so i mean it's you know, when you're first out there, you may know a couple people, but then you got to push hard because you got to have those clients coming in, and then referrals build out from there if you're doing good service. But yep. what about client acquisition? How did you approach that when you first started? Uh, again, it was just um, uh, we. I I did everything I could to to try and reach out to clients. I mean, I went door to door and uh, put little ads out on next door. Uh, I did all that, and Facebook too. You know, so. Uh, we just announced it to everybody. And again, the loyal clients that have followed me, they put the word out. You know, they were just reaching out to everybody uh, and letting them know, hey, if you need a plumber, I got the guy. Well, you know, so. so BNI, when did you join that? So when did you start BNI. with the referral groups? Because that, I think, is I'm guessing that's been a pretty good referral source for you. Yes. Uh, BNI was very good, for, uh, has been very good to me. Um, we joined BNI about six months after startup. Okay. Uh, and we've been, we, I was with one chapter, and then Eddie Solis, uh, he approached me uh, after I think about a month or two of being with this one BNI chapter. Uh, he approached me, and I to this day I still don't know how he got my number. 
Uh, it's weird. <laughs> it really is. I still don't know how he got my number, but he called me. He's like, hey, I want to meet up with you and this and that. And I'm looking to start another chapter. I was like, oh, okay. So teamed up with him. And as a result, BNI Dynasty was, was born. So we're one of the founding fathers of that. And, of course, through there, it just whoop, a spider web of connections Right, but in what everywhere. way? So how did it produce for you? What was the they thing? I mean, it produced phenomenally. I mean, just getting to meet people uh, and, you know, again, creating those relationships, it it, it just brought us so much more um, clientele. And we were, we were out there just meeting the demand. At well, one point, we were so... So, so full that I had to, I was booking like a week out, uh, two weeks out. It was like, holy man. I was like, man, I hope people don't start <laughs> getting upset right. because we're having to put them so, so far out and stuff. But that's, that's what it's done for me. Well, and referral partners too, right? Cause yeah, you guys start absolutely. making like with an electrician, for example, or a good referral AC partners. guys, mm -hmm. uh, exactly. yeah, uh, handymen and, you know, uh, lawyers and doctors you know, that are part of BNI too and stuff. So yeah, we, we were making uh, connections all over the place, and that's that's what really gave us the boost and uh, getting our name out there. Yeah. So let's talk real quick about um, maybe something that homeowners aren't really aware of when it comes to jobs that are underneath the house, mm. right? Because this is like we don't know what's underneath there. We don't know what's going on. Uh, you and I had a little conversation about this. So yeah. what's kind of something that a homeowner should be aware of when they're looking to get work done that has to do with, like, underneath the house? Uh, make sure that... Whoever's there, whether it's me or another company, just make sure you're shown everything. Uh, stand right there. Uh, me, personally, I don't mind if the homeowner is hovering over me. I don't mind if the homeowner is asking me questions as I'm working. I actually encourage it, you know, because I want you to be informed and educated on what's going on so that you can make the best decision for yourself. Okay. Now, what's happened is happened. It's nobody's fault. It's not your fault as a homeowner and definitely not mine. I'm there to fix the, the stuff, right? So as a homeowner, if you hire a company, regardless of who it is, stand next to them. Make sure you watch what's going on, okay? Because there's a lot of things that can be slid by you and you're just completely unaware and plumber can can take advantage of it. I hate to say that. A plumber can take advantage of a homeowner immediately, especially when you don't know anything about it. If you did know anything about plumbing, well, we wouldn't be there. There wouldn't be plumbers at all if everybody knew anything about plumbing, right? So, um, but, you know, case in point, just last week, we had a, cl a client call us. We were a second opinion. Um, and she was told that she needed a $45,000 tunnel, 75 feet tunneled under her house for a broken kitchen sink line. Yeah. We went in there and we gave her the second opinion. We ran our cameras, we did everything, and it turns out that all she needed was a good cleaning. We've, wow. We, 250 bucks is all it costed her. And she was like, holy crap. Incredible. Uh, wow. She was like, holy wow. And she was, y'all just saved me a yeah. bunch of money. And we wound up, she wound up getting our information from a banker at Jefferson Bank who we had serviced. He was walking by. She was already fixing to pull out a loan for the repairs. Oh, and he wow. was like, wait, hold on. Call these guys. Get a second opinion. 
And we went and yeah, we saved her all that money. So you have cameras? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, those, that's a huge value add. Those yeah. plumbing cameras are incredible. Yeah. Well, especially because a lot of contractors don't have them. So they'll go rent them and you're paying the full price for the rental as a client. Yeah. No, we, ha- we have cameras. We have recording capabilities, all that stuff. I can send you a copy of the video recording so that you can see for yourself. Love it. Yeah. All right, Mark, as we wrap up the main part of the show, we'll get into a little bit on the after show, but if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, several ways. You can go on to our website and www.silverbackplumbinganddrain.com. Uh, you can see us on Facebook also, Silverback Plumbing and Drain. All right, thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. All right, as we wrap up the show, quick reminder, check out our latest podcast and catch a video version of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us. You guys have a great week. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you for having us.